Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 73 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Happy Monday. It is Monday, my least favorite day of the week, but I get to be here with you, so it's always great. It's awesome. It's also a lie, because... We're recording on oh. Friday, but I was just greeting the guests Jeez. more so than what? you. Did what? I just did I just pull the? Yeah, you're just breaking the illusion here. <laughs> Jeez, taking the... people out of the mood. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody! Now we know that the wizard is just <laughs> a little man. Um, yeah, I saw okay. this thing that was like hey, Wizard of Oz: story of a girl who kills the first person she meets and then meet, hooks up with strangers to kill again. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no. actually Right on the nose about what the Wizard of Oz is about. Do you know I have at home the, uh, what is it, the Pink Floyd? The wall? Yeah, but like for the Wizard of Oz. Oh, really? I didn't know they made one specifically for it. I thought no, it someone gave me one where, like, yes, like someone combined it so really? that it plays at the right time. Oh. I should watch that. Some I've never watched it. What, the Wizard of Oz? I've never no, seen it. No, not either. the Wizard of Oz with the soundtrack. Oh, wait, there is. What is the matter with you, well, the Wizard of Oz? You never know. I mean, it's a possibility. Is There's some, it? some dark stuff in there, man. You got to watch the one with the uh, the thing with the dwarf in the background. What? The person. That's not real. I've watched it a thousand times. There's no one hanging themselves it's in the movie. They, it's because they took no, it out. No, it's because it's not real. It's a bird. You can definitely see it's like a giant, like. A bird hung itself? That's even like darker. It's like an ostrich <laughs> it a, moving its head. It was an ostrich that hung itself for depression in The Wizard of Oz, everybody. I can't, I can't stand you. Although this is, this the is how you want to start the show? <laughs> like this I, is the way? Whether I wanted to, it's what we've done. That's cool. How it cool. So. Available um, at the library, everybody. If Wizard we of Oz. talk about the future, but we pretend it's the past. Yesterday was Father's Day. Yeah, it sure was. And <laughs> you're like, that is all I have to say yeah, about it. Good times again on oh, Father's Day. Oh, my poor guy here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if things went well, if it didn't rain, which, I mean, why should it it's, have? Yeah, it barely it, rains here. No, it's never happened at it's all. It's practically a drought. Yeah. I will have gone to Old Man River and eaten a cheeseburger and a cookies and cream ice cream cone with my dad. So that sounds delightful. I hope that that worked out. I went. And, <laughs> well, I went to Mississippi Muds and had one by myself. Oh well, if if, <laughs> if we see you there, you should come. I should. Then you and my dad can like spar verbally because I feel like it's just it's meant to happen. I know that's my bro. That's my bro right there. <laughs> so yeah. So happy belated Father's Day, Duke. Um. Okay. So I was thinking because of Father's Day. Why don't we talk about some of our favorite dads in the film world? I like where your head's at there. Do and you? I think it's going to be a totally make sense all of our picks as they always do. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yours are like terrible. They're right on the nose, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Sure. You're going to love every one of them. Sure they are. Um, so I'm going to start with one of my favorite neurotic dads um, would be Gil from Parenthood, played by Steve Martin. Oh, okay. Do you remember that movie? I do remember it that It definitely movie. has a young Keanu Reeves in it. So. Which, he's the leader of 2019 <laughs> already, so. I know, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gil's a total just manic nutter, um, but he's a very devoted father in the film, and what I really love about this movie is no film better shows like the challenges and terrors and wrenching choices as well as satisfaction of fatherhood. Um, and then they kind of have this extended family story inspired by like different men's lives throughout the film and like the, the 14 children that they kind of have combined. So Gil struggles with his eight-year-old son, Kevin's anxiety. Um, his wife has an unexpected pregnancy 
and then he's dealing with a boss who wants his job to be his top priority, which I think is, you know, that's a big deal for men. So I think, like, dads can really relate oh, to yeah. it. Oh, yeah, especially um, back in the uh, the 80s. It was a big deal back then. That's what I'm saying. And then he has unresolved issues with his own father, Jason Robarbs, who I feel like has been coming up. Yeah, with a lot of Robarbs talk. Yeah, um, and he's just unable to show affection and approval. So Gil is trying to be everything that his father was not. So he's got like a lot of cliche of just trying to spend hours tossing a baseball to Kevin, even though he's like, eh. And then um, he, Kevin really wants this birthday performer to show up for his birthday, but he doesn't. And, you know, Steve Martin really, he really steps in yeah. to the role in classic ways that only uh, Steve Martin it, We're in peak Martin at this point. This is like the, the window where he was like one of the top guys in Hollywood. He's so, I mean, he's so great. I love him so much in that film, but he's definitely one of my favorite dads. And you know that he's doing a good job in the one scene when he's like tucking Kevin into bed and Kevin says that he wants to grow up to work in Gil's office so they can still be together every day. Aww. It's touching, right? That, that is the I love you 3000 of the 80s <laughs> yes, right there. Dadhood done right. So definitely check out Parenthood. I, I'm pretty sure they made it into a show. They did. But I didn't watch the show. I don't think anybody did. I think that was part of the problem. Really? I, didn't I, it have like a bunch of seasons? Well, everything on CBS gets a bunch of seasons. Oh, it doesn't, is that right? It doesn't oh. have to be good. Okay, well, that's what Jacob says. That's what so I'm saying. You know that it's law. At me there, CBS. <laughs> okay, what do you have that's going to make me just shake my head? Actually, I don't have one of those yet. I'm going to um, piggyback off your Steve Martin oh, okay. and I actually got 1991's Father of the Bride remake because I think that movie is lovely and I think that's his best performance of them all in that one actually there was a lot of Oscar talk when it came out for him was there really yeah believe Wait, it or not what do you mean he's the best out of the ones they made or like in, as a reboot well as a well as a reboot in general I think it's a really good he's just a good dad yeah and he in this one it's kind of the similar it's the story is about his daughter comes back from a um, from college. She's just graduated. He's expecting her to be like she was when she left, like a seventeen year old tomboy. She comes back. She's graduated. She's engaged, much to his shock and horror. And the whole movie is him trying to come to grips with the fact that his daughter's grown up and the amazing expenses that it was to have this wedding. That's just driving him nuts. Even though he's a pretty rich guy to begin with. But still, weddings are a racket. Yeah, so this is a remake of the 1950 Spencer Tracy and uh, Elizabeth Taylor movie, and it's also a book of the same title from 1949. So the fact they were able to successfully adapt something that was already 40, 30 years old by that point. I really like thinking of you watching Father of the Bride. It used to come on like Fox, and I used to watch it a lot. And I'm like, you know what? This is enjoyable right here. I could relate to that movie because I just remember growing up, and my dad just didn't like any boyfriend. Really? No, he just did it. Well, I think he likes my husband, but it's a, it's a real coin toss. I can almost guarantee that he does not. <laughs> he He's, wants me just home sitting alone. He's like, it's better. Yeah. Just call me. You like cats? You like books? What are we talking about? Here? It's, it's true. I'd, I'd actually, I'd probably be okay. Yeah, but go, go check it out, everybody, if you haven't seen it. It's an excellent movie. I could revisit, yeah. yeah. You, uh, you know, there's Martin Short, so be, you know. Aware that that's coming, you got to be care. You got to get yourself m mentally prepared for that's that. That's a little tougher for me. Not my fave. No, no, it's what made Three Amigos. The, uh, Steve Martin saved that one too, because we're dealing with Chevy Chase and Martin Short. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of there's a lot of drugs there. Um, okay, one of my favorites ever is a film, and I get really angry because it's always panned by critics. It has terrible scores okay. throughout the land. Yeah, what is like your problem, world, with Mr. Mom? 
Oh, man, the Michael Keaton movie? Yes. See, look at this. I love how you can tell the critics hate it. I'm going to love it because that's a great movie. It's so good. This, now, remember, everybody, this is pre-Beetlejuice and Batman, Michael Keaton here. It's just, I also, again, this is all going to just keep tying into my dad, but when my dad was young, he really, really looked like Michael Keaton. Really? So I think that's why I also love the film. Oh, yeah, when Batman came out and, like, my dad legit looked like Batman. It was awesome. Oh, that is pretty sweet, actually. He had a flowing black curly mullet for a long time too. He loved black so. turtlenecks. He was all about them <laughs> at the time. Michael Keaton's the only man that can wear a black turtleneck. Let's be real. Um, Him and Steve Jobs. That was about it. That's true. So Mr. Mom is, it takes place during the 1980s recession and we have automobile engineer Jack who's played just so wonderfully by Michael Keaton and he's fired from his job. Of course. So his wife, Carolyn, played by Terry Garr, who I also love in this role, and she finds a job before he does, so they kind of switch roles, placing him in the unfamiliar position of homemaker and caretaker to their three children, thus the title, Mr. Mom. It all makes sense. I mean, I feel like now people scoff because it's like, he can just be a dad. It doesn't have to be a Mr. Mom. But you're like, it was funny, people. Yeah, it was he the 80s. He didn't know what he was doing. It was a different time. So he kind of embarks on a series of, you know, 80s misadventures from the difficulties of navigating the grocery store and then um, accidentally feeding his baby chili and then playing poker games with other housewives. I mean, at work, you know, he learns the, the love of soap operas. I oh, my God. When like, he talks to the screen during Young and the Restless, he's like, Victor, come on, wake up. <laughs> she doesn't even love you, man. Like It's such like, a cliche, but it's... when his kid comes to him with his grilled cheese sandwich, he's like, my sandwich is cold. And he's ironing, and he just puts the grilled cheese under the iron. You know what? <laughs> that is called problem solving right there, because that 100% works. <laughs> I guarantee it. Get a little bit of moisture back in there. You get yourself a good sandwich. Uh, just got to spritz it down. Yeah. But Mr. Mom is a classic. I don't know what's up with these haters, but there is nothing wrong with that film. People just don't like fun. Do you remember that scene where the boss first comes over and Michael Keaton's like in his robe because, you know, he's oh, not yeah. working. But he's like, oh, I can't meet her boss like this. So he goes outside and puts on overalls and comes in with a chainsaw. <laughs> I mean, it's a great move. It's a great way to play it off. Okay. What else you got? Okay. So I think I'm going to go with the 1999 classic adult film. Adult film. Adult film. You'll know what I'm going with in this one. That's bad. American Pie. So. Okay, I I accept that. Yeah, you see where that's going there. So, you know, everybody knows the story. A bunch of guys trying to, you know, lose their virginity at prom. That's their whole little pact. But what we want to focus on here for the theme of the show is the um, relationship between Jim and his dad in this movie. Oh, Eugene Levy can't do wrong. I mean, Eugene Levy. First of all, he's awesome in this movie. He's awesome in the whole series. He's one of the few reasons to actually go back and watch these because they have not aged good at all. I wouldn't have thought. I, I mean, they were a little uh, during the time. Yeah, but, um, you know, he plays Noah Levenstein, who's Jim's dad, and despite a, encountering his son in a series of increasingly <laughs> horrifying scenarios for his, you know, for his son... He's always extremely supportive of him. Like he never, for one second, wavers and he's not um, judgy. No. no, doesn't judge him at all. He's just like, okay, this is weird, but I'm sure there's a perfectly good reason for this going on. I'm tiptoeing here to keep our. <laughs> yeah, that's rated. fine. Everybody knows what we're talking about. It's fine. Yeah, but you know, he even gives him pretty sound advice, even if it's given in a horribly awkward and straightforward manner, making his son. Well, it can only be awkward when you have eyebrows that thick. That's I the mean, only way that you can deliver anything. I mean, I you can't take people seriously unless they have those <laughs> thick eyebrows. It, it breaks some of the tension. 
Um, but this, you know, the character development actually pays off in later movies because once you get to like the fourth one, when you know Jim's got a kid, there's four. Yeah, there's four of them. I think I bailed after one, pro- maybe two. You probably, <laughs> probably made the right move there. I mean, there's only four mainline. There's like eight if you count the little sub sub oh, American no. movies. Uh, but it actually pays off because then once Jim becomes a dad, he finds himself in the exact same scenarios and. Not only is the advice his dad giving him, you know, coming out useful and he's giving it to his kid, he's re- delivering it in the same awkward, horrible fashion, which means he's going to turn out to be the same dad, which in this case is a very good thing. Do so. you watch Shit's Creek? No, I never watched that one. Oh, it's so good. He's he's not a, as good a dad in that one, Eugene really? Levy, but he's still yeah. hilarious. I do like me some Eugene Levy. That show is really, really funny. Everybody tells me that. It's just like it's just like really cute. It's something that's just like really easy to consume. You don't Uh-oh. have to think too much about it. Well, that's and my his kind of real show life right son is in it. Really? And I'm in love with him. Does he have a really thick mustache? No. What? Well, I figured the eyebrows it moves down a little bit the next generation. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. So then that that guy's son would just have like a giant like chin go to have thing. a great <laughs> beard going. He's gonna it's gonna look like luxurious. And then it goes back to the head. Where did you study? They, you should get your money back. I went, I went to Vassar. <laughs> okay, so I just want to talk about depressing movies now because that's Ooh. usually how I like to follow it up. That's what I like to hear. I will start by saying this movie. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put it in the top five of hardest cries that I've ever had in my life. Oh, really? So that's pretty impressive. Right up there with Marley and me. But I'm talking. Marley and me was sad, but I didn't cry that. Hard. I cried harder at my dog Skip. That's oh. a sadder dog movie right well, there. Well, they're all dead dog movies. Anyway, way. Life is Beautiful is what I'm talking about, and it is about Jewish-Italian father Guido, who's played by Robert Benini, who also directed the film. You might remember him from the Oscars yeah. when he won, and he jumped on the seats and kissed everybody and told them he wanted to make love to them. That was one of my favorite acceptance speeches. Um, but in the film, he chooses to shield his son from the horrors of the Holocaust after they are put in a concentration camp. And what he does is he pretends that their entire, you know, concentration camp experience was an elaborate game. Mm. So have you not seen the film? No, I have seen it. I just, okay. It's been years. I think I was like a teenager, so I wasn't really paying attention. Okay, so according to Guido, the winner was the one who could amass the highest number of points, which would be earned by not showing weakness and performing enough number of specific tasks like hiding from the camp guards and things like that so that the kid when he had to be quiet or follow these rules thought it was just part of the game and even though Guido you know spoiler alert on an old movie is eventually executed he never let up on the ruse he's even like winking at his son and making him laugh as he's like being marched away to be killed out of view. Yeah, mm, you and know, it's I a was, Holocaust movie. I mean I was sobbing but it was a really interesting take on it and like that's a father right there. Oh, even like went up through this horrible experience, but just stayed as joyful and as funny as he could to make the experience less horrifying for his son. It is such a it's a beautiful movie. It's oh, a beautiful, beautiful I'm movie. I have to go back and check it out. I feel like I would appreciate it more now than I did back then because you know. Yeah, I don't even know if I could handle well, it you're, again. You're getting all upset just thinking about I it. I really now, am. Actually. I'm thinking of specific scenes. Plus, the little boy was like so cute, and the whole thing. You're just like, this is why. Why is this a thing that even happened? Why does he even need to do this? You can get real deep on it. Yeah. So life is beautiful. Um, highly recommend. 
I can't remember. He won for Best Actor. He won the Oscar for Best Actor. Not yeah, director, there was a so. lot of controversy because people said he wasn't really that good in it. I don't remember. And there was somebody else that should have won. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. Now, but. that's interesting. So that I'd have to go back. That would make me rewatch it and maybe with some of the other films of the year and see if it was like, oh, subject matter pushed him to win or if it's really his performance. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, that happens all the time. It's just as much of a political thing a lot of the time at the Oscars. You He's know. a good dad. Give him the trophy. Yeah. That's got, what I said. He says. got killed by Nazis, people. Give, give him, him the break. Give him the trophy. Okay, well, what else Gosh. do we have? So, okay, I'm going to go with another offbeat choice here. I'm going to go with 1993's True Romance, and not just because I love watching that movie. <sighs> The dad and I true. I can't remember. I've definitely seen True Romance, and I liked it. Why can't I think of a dad? Okay, so Dennis Hopper plays Christian Slater's dad in this movie. Wow, I've totally forgotten this. I can't believe when I describe what goes down and why he's such a great dad. All I can see is Brad Pitt sitting on a couch for three seconds, like well, in that yeah, movie. I mean, yeah, that's a very memorable scene in that movie. Okay, too. tell me because I don't remember. So after uh, killing Gary Oldman, spoiler alert for a twenty-year-old movie, <laughs> he's on the run. Uh, from the mafia, he goes to visit his dad, who he's estranged with, who is a security guard and living like you know out in the out in the desert a little bit in a trailer. They have like a they kind of have a go- coming back together moment as his dad pieces together that he's on the run, considering mm-hmm. he picks up this you know call girl and she's like saying they're in love. They just met a couple of days ago. Is that Patricia Arquette? Yes, that's okay, Patricia okay. Arquette. So then after he leaves, uh, the mafia has been tracking him down. So they know he was at his dad's house. So even though they're estranged. Uh, a mob boss played by Christopher Walken comes in so good. and starts questioning him about, like, where's your son? We know your son was here. Where is he? So basically his dad just kind of, like, totally mans up for his son. Even though he starts getting tortured, he starts getting shot, he is not only mouthing off to this mob boss who's trying to get the info on where his son is, but he's still like, you're not going to find him. He's going to end up taking you out. I don't care. And he's insulting this dude right to his face. And this is Christopher Dad's Walken man. in acting mode. <gasps> And it's all because the guy's like, we're going to find and kill your son. He's like, you're not going to find or kill or do nothing. He's like, and then starts insulting him personally. Going so far as to making the mob boss be like, I'm going to be killing this guy for the first time in 30 years. I'm going to have to actually do this right now. (laughs) But it's just an example of like, even if you're estranged from your son, you still would go to any lengths to protect them, despite whatever is going to consequences to you. And I feel like that's a good thing that he did there. Plus, I never took down the opportunity to talk about a Tony Scott, Quentin Tarantino movie. I have to rewatch that. It's been a long time. And oh. obviously, since I don't really remember that scene, I think that shows how I mean, long it's been. I feel like it, I was a kid. If you can forget Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken ch- um, chewing scenery together, then that is... You definitely <laughs> need to go back and revisit that for sure. Okay, that I will. Um, okay, so another film I think didn't get as much attention, and a lot of people probably don't know it. It's called Tony Erdman. It's a critically acclaimed German film. So this film, this is just dad jokes taken to the extreme. Oh. Um, and the character Winifred, who's played, I'm going to say the actor's name just because I want to try. It's Peter Simonischek. Nailed it. <laughs> it's, I don't even think those are the letters. But throughout the film, he dones like a like a terrible wig, set of uh, fake teeth, and he appear, appears as his alter ego, which is Tony Erdman, and he's doing this in a way to reconnect with his workaholic daughter. Oh. Um, so he will like show up on the street, and she like knows it's him, but he's pretending to be her CEO's life coach because he's just trying to like be near her, but she's getting kind of stressed out because he's like doing these weird things. So throughout the film, like they bicker like any father and daughter, but 
they have this really strange and kind of touching middle ground that happens throughout the film. Um, oh. And I can tell you that that kind of involves a Whitney Houston rendition and a Bulgarian folk monster costume. So oh. pretty, pretty strong right there. That is that should make you want to grab it. It's it got me thinking about what song could it possibly be. Um, I can't. I don't want to spoil. I wanna, I'm just gonna go with I want to dance with somebody. I, I don't want to spoil, but it's a it's a really good film. I think not that it was underrated. I think it did really well internationally, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't hear too much about it here. So definitely check it, out so. Tony Erdman. Oh. It's a weird, really good film. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? I I've <laughs> oh, never. I shall. <laughs> I, yeah, I never heard of it before, so I'm actually gonna check it out. I do like I do like making children awkward. <laughs> with um, dads trying to impersonate stuff. So I believe that. sounds that. right up my alley. I believe that. All right, so last but not least, I'm going to go Oh, this is your last? Yeah, I think I'm so. excited. I have a couple more. Oh, okay. Well, see, that's why I'm doing it. I'm, give, I'm ceding my time to you as always. <laughs> so I'm going to go with another great movie dad. Uh, I'm going to go with Brian Mills from the Taken series. I mean... Starring Liam Neeson. Uh, yes. This guy... So, I mean... First of all, the greatest Super Bowl commercial of all time was when they debuted it. They just did the scene where he's on the phone, and that was all the commercial was, completely out of context. Come on, let's do it. You ready? I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. I mean, it's still, <laughs> you watch that scene today, it's still great, even though you know exactly what it is. Uh, but, you know, just the whole movie is like they kidnap his daughter, and he's like, I'm going to kill every single person Until I get my daughter. And sure. I don't care who I got to do. I'm going to – the secret French Secret Service, forget about it. Don't care. American contractors, don't care. Nope. Dr- um, sex and drug traffickers, nah. doesn't matter. Boop. Uh, Middle Eastern princes, <laughs> done. Nothing. Get out of here. I mean, it's just great. One of the best action movies that came out of the early or mid to 2000s. It's true. Maybe they should have stopped making them, but I can't fault. I can't fault the first one at all. So yeah, they still made, they made a TV series out of it. They had three movies. It all got increasingly ridiculous. I will say that when I first saw it, granted, my dad does not have the certain set of skills that Liam Nielsen <laughs> has. But when I watched that, I was like, my dad would do this. To the extent that he could, he's, I feel, if I was kidnapped. Yeah, he's going to knock a lot of people out with old dude karate chops he's, and just throwing them he's off He's going to do stuff. So here, here's a fun fact about this. Liam Neeson, when he did the original one, he was just kind of like, eh, it seems like a fun side thing to do. He thought that it was going to be a straight-to-DVD movie. So the whole time, he's like, this is just going to go straight. Nobody's going to see this movie at all. So I can kind of ham it up and... Yeah, I can just go do whatever I want and like just go for it in every scene. And then it turned out being great, and it became probably the thing he's going to get remembered for besides Schindler's List in his career. So That's really true. Yeah, and then now we turned him into an old man action star. He's still cranking out, like, Taken clones to this day, and... You know. It really did. He wasn't really an action guy before that, was he? No, he was a serious actor. Well, he did like Rob Roy. That was kind mm-hmm. of actiony, but not the same. No, it's like, not the that's, same. That's a action-y. sword movie, so it's not really, not really that actiony. <laughs> Michael Collins, but you know, that's about getting blowed up. So you know, not about <laughs> blowed up. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Don't blame right. me. Blame the IRA. It's these are mine. some. These are some good choices. So <laughs> that's a quote I'm gonna write down. Don't blame me. Blame the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> can, it's, it, you can use it anywhere. Yeah, but, you can use it anywhere. Put that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dumb day. This is terrible. Okay, so another one of my favorite dads, but I'm moving to TV. So this is the TV show, not the movie. All right. But Friday Night Lights. Oh, that is supposed to be a really good TV show, actually. You never watched 
Friday Night Lights? Nah. I, you weird sports fanatic? You know what? I It's kind of is weird thinking about my it. My yeah, sister watched it, and no one hates football more than my sister. She but I, wanted I to watch watched it, it. No, I was like, you have to watch this show. It is so good. Is Michael Kyle, B. Jordan shirtless in that? Is that what it was? Ew, he's like a kid in it. He looks like he's like 17. Looks <laughs> does like, does like, not interest me. You can watch him die on the wire if you want. But Kyle Chandler plays Coach Eric Taylor. I'm going to say there are few actors in materials ever that have been so perfectly matched in the history of television and film as as Chandler for this role. He was born with a blue baseball cap on his head and like wrap around Oakley's around around his face. So really freaked the doctors out. They didn't know. What to make <laughs> so he just has made his career of kind of molding. Um, younger men, but he's really Coach Taylor is the embodiment of the American everyman. So he's like hardworking, he's stern and decent. He's so committed to his wife. They're the most adorable TV couple next to Jim and Pam, and he's a really good father to his dog to his daughter Julie. Um, so his whole goal, like while he's a football coach and he's trying to mold these men and win games above all else. His mission is to provide to these two women, along with his new infant daughter, Gracie Bell. I mean, that's that's all there is. She's got two names. Everybody he loves her even more. I'm telling you right now, if you looked up family man in the dictionary, you would find Coach Taylor's picture. I actually would hope I would find a picture of Nicolas Cage in that classic movie, The Family Man. You know, I was going to sneak that in there. I love the movie The Family Man, but he's not really great dad in it. No, he's a terrible. For a while, dad. he wants to leave. Right, that to, How about Con Air? He's a better dad in Con Air. He's a terrible dad in Con Air. <laughs> we can discuss that <laughs> off camera, but he is an awful dad in Con Air. He's in jail. He's in jail. Yeah, the girl's but he's home. trying to get back to his family. Do you remember how horrified his daughter was to see him at the end of that movie? I really don't. She was like holding on to her mom. Her dad's covered in blood and dirt, and he just murdered twelve people. And he's like, "Here's this baby doll. Baby doll. Here's this. Here's this bunny I pulled out of the sewer for you." <laughs> That is literally the end of Connor. <laughs> he just pulled out of the sewer. Yeah. Just take this. It's my first gift to you. You've never seen me before. It's going to be my Wait, everlasting sh- sh- image. Shut up, of please. My, of my baby we girl. Have, we have to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, and then just a quick shout out. We have to mention Mrs. Doubtfire, a movie that we watched thinking, man, that dude loves his kids so much that he's willing to dress in an elaborate drag costume and met a new persona to get hired as a nanny just to spend time with them when on reflection you're like oh dang that's really creepy that is horrifying his children would be really emotionally traumatized i I remember when i was a kid thinking that sally field overreacts at the end of that movie when she finds out i'm like she underreacted i was like (laughs) wow she really did could you imagine if that happened with your husband like if that in that scenario you'd be like what are father, you doing? Fatherly dedication. That's Definitely what taking, That's what we're taking away from it. Okay, so the last film I have to mention, because this was one of my, it was in my top three favorite films of last year. It is called Eighth Grade. Oh, I didn't see that one. Okay. So the film is mostly about 13-year-old Kayla. Like, it, it really revolves around her and just, like, as she endures the tidal wave of contemporary suburban adolescence and she makes her way through her last week of middle school okay it is so awkward in the best best way possible um but i really want to focus on her dad who so her dad is mark played by josh hamilton you might know him if you saw who i is. probably would 
he could be the cover model for Dad Monthly. Like, mm. this dude is doing the best he can. He's wearing polo shirts and cargo shorts. He's full of dad jokes. And he's just really doing the devoted um, single parent who's really gentle okay. um, and guileless and knows. Like, he's really trying to figure out when to give his child space or when to continue comforting her. So I want to play a clip from it. It's a little long, but it's so beautiful and he's winning my, my award here for, for Dad of the Year, okay? Let's do it. Do I make you sad? What? No. No, not at all. Not at all? What, why, do I seem sad? No. What? Why would you think you make me sad? I don't, I don't know, it's just... It's just Sometimes, you know, I think that when I'm older, you know, maybe I'll have a daughter of my own or something, and I feel like, you know, if she was like me, um, then being her mom would make me sad all the time. Because, like, you know, I'd love her because she's my daughter, you know. But, I don't know, I just, I think if she turned out like me, that being her mom would make me really sad. You're wrong. Kayla, Kayla, hey, look at me. Look at me. You're wrong. If you grow up to have a daughter like you, she will make you so, so happy. I, being your dad makes me so happy, Kayla. You don't know. I, you don't know how, how happy you make me. It's beyond, and it's, I, I can't describe it. It's, um, it's so easy to love you. It's, it's so easy to, to be proud of you. It, I'm not just saying this. Hey, I swear to God, I'm not just saying this. I mean, sure, sometimes if I see you're upset or having a, a rough day, then I, I feel sad. But that kind of being sad, that sort of day-to-day -day sad or worrying that I do, that's not... Kayla, always, beneath all that, I am always just so unbelievably happy that I get to be your dad. Ah, see. It touches me so much. I know you're all like, getting all verklempt in here. You now. don't understand how hard it is to be a girl in eighth grade and how awkward it is. And he's like alone and doing the best he can. And he's beautiful. And I love this movie so much. And I love him as a dad. I will have to go check it out. I haven't seen it yet. So now if you're, if you're getting such a strong endorsement. Well, I also, yes, I do. I think it, it's a great film all around. But as someone who was really awkward and like my worst years of my life were seventh and eighth grade so watching this really resonated with me even though i was like i thought i had a bad social media has made it oh. so much worse for these poor 
poor children, I don't think I would have survived it. I they, don't think it. They got no. They got no hope, man. They got no chance. It's. It seems really difficult. So yeah, it's a. It's a really great film. And okay, I think we did it. I think it was a lot of dads. Oh yeah, that's a lot of. That's a variety of dads. I'll give you that much. You're all over the place. All right, let's plug us up. So everything you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our local libraries. So just stop on by. We have 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by. Let them know what you want. Either got it or we'll get it for you, no problem. And there's a bookmobile driving around to various spots. So, you know, yeah, visit look our up, Look up their schedule. Yeah, visit our website, you know, and find out where it's going to be. So check that out. That's great. And um, do not forget this Saturday. Oh, my goodness. It's Harry Potter Day. Saturday, June 22nd. I'm talking oh, about wizards, muggles, any magical being. There's going to be so many wands, everybody. It's true. So it starts at 12 o'clock. It goes till 5 p.m. It is at the downtown library. So right in Lafayette Square. And this this is just a magical celebration. Okay, there's going to be tons of activities. I see what you did there. That you like that? There's a performance by the internationally known wizard rock band Harry and the Potters. People are encouraged to wear Harry Potter, Harry Potter costumes. Harry Potter. All right. I hate you. <laughs> um, and then so there are Hogwarts house sorting. There's trivia contests. There's different crafts. Um Featuring charms and transfiguration. This means nothing to Jacob. There's potion making. I mean, there's fortune telling. Magical creatures from um, Buffalo Animal Adventures. Oh. Quidditch matches. What What more can I say I here? E- I even hear that there are rumors a friend of the show, Voldemort, might make an appearance, everybody. Is that? It's a big get for us. I, I don't know about that. But there's food trucks, um, all sorts of refreshments. Oh, food trucks and stuff. It's going to be great. It's just making me think of... When I took my dad to, to Harry Potter World, so it all ties in. Did you not have to go through the 10-hour wait for the Hagrid uh, Hagrid roller coaster that's apparently There's going? a 10-hour wait for the new ride? 10 hours, yeah. Was, Who's going to stand there for 10 hours? Nobody. Apparently somebody did because they said it was like 10 hours. It Get was, the heck out of here. I'm not kidding. You can look up that new story. My dad and I went during an off-season day, and we didn't wait for anything. We just kept going right back on the ride. Just getting drunk on butterbeer and jumping on a... Um, we literally drank drink frozen butter beer. It was probably the best vacation ever. Okay, so anyway, more about dads. Jacob, do you know that um, in 2014, the U.S. Census Bureau estimates how many dads are out there in the U.S., huh? Uh, probably half of our population. <laughs> so 72.2 million fathers as okay. of 2014. That's Doesn't I mean, not every man is a father, so not half the population. Oh, I guess that's true. I was about to say, well, that math is weird. You dorkus. Um, and that the original Father's Day is thought to have been founded by Sonora Dodd in Spokane, Washington, on June 19, 1910. Oh. So Sonora and her five siblings were raised by their single parent dad, and she just felt that since there already was a Mother's Day, that there should be a day to honor fathers as well. So it took a while like of kind of trying to pass so in 1966, President Lyndon Johnson proclaimed that the third Sunday of June was Father's Day. And then it became a national holiday in 72, signed by Nixon. Oh, pretty sweet. Yeah, look oh, what she did for a, her daddy. Yeah, it's about time guys got some recognition, man. It, you it's, know, it's been too long. It's true. It makes me feel like I got to do more because um, Halsey Taylor actually invented the drinking fountain in 1912 as a tribute to her father who succumbed to typhoid fever after drinking from a contaminated public water supply in 1896. Um, so we have the water fountain, yeah. the drinking fountain to fit, like... Well, now that's interesting. Yeah, she did that for her daddy. Oh. 
Right? Oh, oh, good for her. Oh, look at that. Good for her dad, unfortunately, you know, having to die of typhoid fever. Well, that's not cool. But. That part, that part's a bummer. And to all dads in general, you're doing a really great job. Dads are way more involved in child care now than they were 50 years ago. So it turns out in 2016, fathers have reported to be spending an average of eight hours a week on child care. But How that do they is find the time? that is triple the time that they provided in 1965. So like you have to think though they were sole breadwinners. So sure. situations have changed and dads dads, you're knocking it out of the park and keep up the good work, guys. Keep up the good work. Happy Father's Day, especially to mine, and thanks everyone for listening. We will catch you next time. Bye.